All right, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, I mentioned earlier, um, today we have a special guest, Kayla Davis. Um, Kayla has uh, worked with us the last two years when we uh, built houses with Casas. Two years ago, uh, the year Andrea was an intern with Casas, she was a fellow intern, and her and a couple other interns uh, helped lead a build. That was our D-West build, I think, um, that they that they led, and uh, we had several D-West people on that, that build. Uh, uh, the the better build was the Andrea's build. Uh, those of us who were on that, no, just kidding. Both of them did great. Um, and then last year, she um, kind of stepped in and helped us a lot because we, uh, as you might remember, we were really short last year, but we'd committed to two houses. And so she uh, uh, was there working with Casas again and uh, volunteered to come over and help us build uh, a house uh, again. So we appreciate that. So, so first of all, first off, um, just one question, kind of, this is kind of a key question. Uh, what do you think of my tie? I've seen better. Okay. <laughs> She'll, you'll understand why in, here in just a second, but she is a Chiefs fan. So those, so when she says something here in a little bit, do know that she is a Chiefs fan. So, so starting off just kind of open ended, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, uh, where you're from, where you went to college, kind of your faith journey and, and all of that. Uh, so like you said, my name is Kayla Davis. I have interned twice with CASAS, but I'll get to a little more about my CASAS story in a little bit. Um, I grew up in Centralia, Missouri, not Kansas. I apparently needed to make a clarification there. Um, I just graduated from the University of Missouri, which is where the Thai comment came in from, but I am a Chiefs fan. Um, I grew up in a Christian household from the time I was born, always been going to Awana and youth group and Sunday school, all that kind of stuff. And then going into college, I got involved in several campus ministries and then I actually lived at Christian campus house at Mizzou this past semester. So that's a little bit about, I kind of have had faith in Christianity and the way that my parents raised me and all the way growing through. And then, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Okay. And most of us here know about Casas. We've been going there for uh, four years and, and uh, uh, have talked a lot about it. But just just briefly, in case there's someone here that doesn't have any idea when we say Casas, what's that mean? Tell us uh, who Casas Per Cristo is and what its ministry is. Yeah, so Casas Per Cristo is a short-term nonprofit uh, Christian ministry based out of El Paso, Texas. They um, provide opportunities and help lead teams like you guys to do short-term trips to build houses for families that can't afford them in Latin American countries. So they have their locations in El Paso or in Mora's Mexico, which is where you guys normally go to. And then they have locations in Acuna, Mexico, Guatemala, the Dominican Republic, and Nicaragua. Um, Nicaragua was a new one that got added in 2020. Um, but yeah, they're a really cool nonprofit organization that like they partner with the local pastors there. So it's not like they're just going in and building a home for like random people that they see like on the street or anything. They partner with the pastors in those countries. And so the pastors get to kind of go through the application process and really get to know their community to see where the greatest need is. And most of the time, especially like in Juarez for sure, I know like the families live off of $2 a day. So you look at their houses and it's made out of like cardboard and sand, like dirt floors, and they don't even have bathrooms half the time. So this is a really cool ministry where they go in and try and make an impact in their lives. That's not just, we're going to come in and give you food that lasts for like a month and then go home. This is actually something that's going to last and be impactful in their lives for years to come. Now I didn't give you a heads up on this question, but uh, thought of it. So I told you I might add, add some questions. Uh, I know this has been 2020, uh, like 
for everyone else has been a year. It was also for Casas. As you can imagine, they had uh, dozens and dozens of cancellations on trips. But tell if, if you know, if you don't know the number, like 2019, roughly how many houses were built uh, or and 2020, if you know those. I think 2019 was more in the like 300 house range somewhere in there, three to 400. And then this past year, I believe the number was 186 is how many they built in 2020. So uh, a number of families obviously being blessed by that. So tell us how, how you uh, raised in the church, campus ministry at college. Um, uh, why, why were you in El Paso when we showed up two years ago? Uh, and you introduce yourself, and you have an MU shirt on, and I tried to trade you, but they wouldn't trade. And uh, So how did you end up with Casas? Uh, so I ended up with Casas. My first trip was in May of 2018. There was a group from my hometown in Centralia that had been going for the last several years, but I did not go to that church. Um, the youth pastor that was there that was organizing it was also a part of the athletics program at my school. And so they, one of my friends told me like a month before they were supposed to go on their trip that there was like a last minute opening the month before, but I had to pay like the money, the insurance, everything by the next day. And so I like prayed about it that night and I was just kind of like, I think I'm supposed to go to Mexico. I know four people on this trip, never even heard of Casas. I don't, honestly, I don't even know why I felt like I was supposed to say yes. I was just like, I'm going to go do this. And so I went on my first trip, uh, Memorial Weekend, and it was amazing. Just like, I mean, a lot of you guys know, it's a pretty um, impactful experience. And we also got to build two houses, but this one was really cool because we also combined with several churches like you guys did two years ago. And we got to build two houses right next to each other. So like you could step from, from one roof to the other on our houses, which was super cool because all of like, yeah, we were having two teams almost, but everybody was still together. And we had all of the creative department, which if you guys know anything about Casas, that would be Zach and Andrew and Lindsay, which was super cool. Um, I came back home and was still on that mission trip high. A lot of you guys who have gone know that you come back home and you're like, oh, I can't wait to go again. Or, oh, like, let me take a little break from this. I don't know if I want to do that, go out in 100 degree heat again. But it was one of those things that like didn't go away for a couple months. And so I reached out to Zach, who had led my build and kind of asked him about the internship program because they had talked to me about that when I was building. And so I reached out to the to Brig, the intern manager, and he told me a little bit about um, their internship program and just kind of what all of that entailed. And so I ended up applying and getting accepted the week after the interns from that summer had returned. So like an entire year in advance, I had already signed up because for some reason I felt like that's where God was leading me to go. And I just remember like my friends and my family being like, are you sure that's where you want to go? Like, this is really far in advance. Like you've only gone on one trip. You don't know anybody down there. And I was like, yeah, this is where I feel like God's leading me to go. And then throughout the process, my fundraising ended up coming through and everything and went down. Um, and that's kind of how I got associated with Casas. The first time, and then I ended up doing a building internship with Andrea, like Tim kind of said, and I was able to lead um, one of the builds on your guys' site. And then this past summer, I did a finance internship. So I'm a business major. I guess I forgot to say that. I got a business degree and graduated this past December. Um, So I was able to use that this summer as a part of my degree program and get work in their offices. So kind of the side that you guys don't necessarily see, like all of the paperwork and the money that comes in, your guys' insurance forms, all that kind of stuff. I dealt with that um, this past summer. Okay. Uh, One other question. Again, I didn't put this on the list. Who's who's been through the your two internships? Who's been your favorite team that you've dealt with? (laughs) 
Well, uh, definitely, you guys, honestly. Not just because I'm here, but, like, you guys, the te- this team is one that I've definitely been able to talk about a lot in different stories and things that have happened in our, like, different things that you guys do, like the hot dog feeds and, like, going and getting groceries for the families. It's a lot of stuff that I hadn't seen from other teams, which I think is super cool. Great answer. <laughs> She's smart. Um, so what what were your uh, – you said a little bit, but uh, what will your ministry at CASAs look like? So when you go down, let's say kind of what your plans are, um, but what, what will you be doing when you uh, are there? Yeah, so I will be going down actually next month. I officially have a start date, which is super cool. Um, I'll be going down and being a part of their residency program, which is something new that they haven't done before. But it's almost like if you were to take a gap year or just kind of we're looking for something to do, it's kind of like an extended internship almost for an entire year. So I'll be going down and doing that for the next year, and I'll be doing a lot of, like, a combination of what I've done the last two internships. So I'll mostly be in the office working on finance stuff, working with the store team. Um, I'll get to, I'll go deliver materials over in Mexico if they ever need me to, but then I'll also get to lead builds with if there are teams that come down and they don't necessarily have enough staff members or if they request me or anything like that. So I kind of get to do the role of a full-time staff member without necessarily having that title. Okay. Um, Just kind of, this would be a little insight into where CASAS is 2020 into 2021, which is partly why you're doing a residency. So kind of tell us what, how the residency is different than what you would have done a couple of years ago had you got hired by CASAS. Right. Yeah, so actually this summer I felt like I was supposed to stay connected with CASAS. I knew I was going to be graduating in December. I do have a nonprofit business degree, so it kind of made sense that this is the path that I was going down. But I applied to work full-time, but because of COVID and the impacts it's had on them financially, they cannot afford to hire right now. So I was going to go into the process of going to full-time staff member, but due to that, I'm going to do the residency, which is pretty much being full-time staff, but without the benefits that come with being a full-time staff member. So that's like travel allowances, health insurance, um, retirement plans, uh, truck allowances, that kind of stuff. So this is on the track to be full-time staff with them. But this is kind of like during this year, we're hoping that things will change around financially for CASAS. So that'll transition into full-time. Thank you. And you might just mention, so so when you are full-time with CASAS, there are some benefits, but um, that's that's all they are are benefits. That's not salary. So... um, just make sure they uh, they understand. I think a lot of us do, but just what uh, um, where your salary is going to come from and what your need is there. Yeah, so there's not necessarily a salary like I signed up for this job and this is how much I'm going to be getting paid. It's um, support raise missions, which a lot of you guys do know, like Tim said. So that's where I come and talk to churches like you guys. I make a lot of social media posts, do different newsletters, that kind of stuff, because I'm looking for people who want to partner with me monthly or one time, because that's where my paycheck that comes uh, every few weeks comes from, is people like you guys who want to support me in the mission that I'm doing down there, because it's not a full-time paid position. It's all on support raised by people who believe in what I'm doing, believe in what CASAS is doing, and feel led to do so. So um, my question would would be, so dad, her, her dad's here with her today. She got a business degree from, from uh, a major university, uh, and I know how much money she's going to make. So the, the, they must not have talked about finances at, uh, in your business degree. Uh, There's a reason I'm a management emphasis, yeah. not a finance one. <laughs> So, uh, so definitely it, uh, 
uh, all the CASAs people that we work with that are staff uh, are kind of the same boat. They've all raised their support. We've, we've supported uh, uh, in the past uh, a CASAs person uh, that's no longer with the ministry. So everyone has to raise their own uh, funds and, uh, and, and so none of them are rich. Uh, they're not, they're not doing this because it's a, a great financial thing. So it's not, Hey, get a business degree and I'm going to get rich working, uh, in, in ministry, which, uh, kind of brings the question, uh, how did you know that God was calling you to work with the So we know it's not, it's not the money like, Whoa, I can, you know, uh, uh Goldman Sachs is, uh, it's definitely not that. So, um, Where'd your call come from? How did you know God was calling you to this? I felt a call after that first trip, kind of like I said. It just, there was something that kept coming back to me with Casas, whether, you know, you have dreams about it or like you just feel like you see stuff everywhere or you just kind of felt a pulling towards ministry, which I've always wanted to do something with missions, whether that was short term mission trips or not, because my dad's done a lot of mission trips and he also used to own a construction business. So it kind of ended up working out perfectly that this is where I ended up. But um, after both of the internships, I just felt like I got to see the ministry as a whole, which is something that no one else has actually got to do is do an administrative internship because that position is actually pretty pretty new, as well as doing a building internship, which was really cool for me because you get to see the ministry as a whole and everything that it entails and what it looks like on the day-to-day, not just like the fun, I get to go build a house. They only do that 12 to 15 times a year. The rest of the time, a lot of people are working in the office or doing other jobs. So for me, I just felt like it was cool for me to get to experience getting to build and do that all summer and build 10 houses or whatever we did, which was super cool. But then also the next summer, I really felt like I got to see the whole picture of the ministry, especially for me, because I started volunteering with them and sitting in on meetings back in like the end of March, beginning of April when COVID was hitting. So I got to see a very realistic personal side of CASAS on the financial and administrative side, sitting in on those meetings, kind of seeing like, this is where we're sitting at. We don't know if we're going to be here in the next year. So it really opened my eyes up to what God is doing in the ministry because I got to firsthand see and experience kind of everything that God is doing there, even through something like a pandemic, which not everybody gets to see. And then working through the summer, I just felt like that's exactly where I was supposed to supposed to be and getting to connect with the staff members a lot more, getting to know more interns, connecting with teams. It's just felt like this is where God has been calling me towards from my first trip, even if I didn't necessarily know what capacity I would be in. Thank you. And kind kind of a, I I think our team from last year knows that. And I think as a church, we know that, but I I just want to kind of dovetail on that and, and uh, make sure you do know just how, how important it was that we went last year that our team, um, and, and we certainly understood why teams had to cancel, but while, why our team went ahead and went and committed to two houses, even though we were pretty thin on numbers, um, it really, um, Casas was bleeding last year and, uh, us going, uh, that, that week and building two houses really did make a, a difference, uh, not just for the families, but also was a, a big help to, to Casas. So how, how can, you've kind of mentioned it, but, a little more detail, how can people uh, partner with you in this ministry? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that people can partner with me. One is financially kind of like I talked about, but also through prayer. That's another big one is as I'm getting closer to moving, just kind of praying for that transition because I did go to college 30 minutes away from home. I have lived in Texas like 
three, I mean, two different times, but for three months at a time. So I've lived down there before, but this is the furthest I've definitely moved away. So for that process financially, as if this is something that you guys feel led to do as a church or individually, because that goes in with the financial side of support. Um, I'm still looking for monthly supporters. So people who want to partner with me through that, you can do things like send in checks to CASAS. I have a link you can go to online. There's a number that you can text. I have support cards in the back as well. But as of right now, I'm still looking for around $400 in monthly support to kind of meet that budget that I've been looking for, for the residency and to transition into full-time. So um, Tim also has some of that information if anybody has questions about it too. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can pass that along to you, or you can just go to Casa's website, uh, casasporcristo.org, uh, click on, I believe, the Give tab and follow in prompts, and there's a drop-down menu where you can pick a name, and down at the bottom um, is Kayla Davis. So you can click that if you want to make a one-time gift, if you want to make a, uh, a reoccurring gift weekly, monthly, um, or, or whatever, you can uh, can do that also. And you can link that either uh, via uh, a uh, credit card or you can link that to a checking account and have it directly taken out of your uh, checking account. Also, any one-time gifts can be done that way. And specifically today, if you'd like to help her out, there is a basket in the back. Uh, If you want to write a check, go ahead and write it to the church, and we'll just send a lump sum uh, to her account. or if you put cash, same thing that that'll that'll uh, be transferred uh, to her. Just a couple more uh, uh, questions. Again, this one you probably kind of an answer, but how's God grown you during this process? It's shown me that I really do need to rely on Him for all of this because one cool, cool thing about ministry is it's not like I am just earning this money and I'm just getting paid out of a salary. All of the money that's coming in that's supporting what I'm doing down there is coming from people like you guys, but it's coming from God using you guys because all of all of our money comes from Him anyway, and so it's cool to be able to rely on Him and know that the work I'm doing is for his kingdom, which has been super cool because I feel like I am somebody who wants to plan things, wants to know when everything is happening, have it all like scheduled out. But support raising has shown me that I really need to find peace in him and to just like know exactly where I'm at and know that this is where I'm supposed to be because there's not anything I can do about it. It's all in God's hands, which is something that I think has been really cool to see. Good. And, And I would just point out, I mean, no, no amounts too small. I mean, if, you could afford to support at $5 a, a month, you know, enough people at five is going to uh, certainly, so that'd be 200 people at $5 a month would be, no. How much would, 400 divided by five is what? Quick, someone math. It wasn't a finance major, 80? don't ask me. 80, okay, wow, that's way off, thanks, Tim. Uh, so, so if 80 of us did $5 a month, that's the 400 she said she needed, but uh, you can certainly do more than that, but but no, no amounts to... Uh, too small. And one last question then. Uh, is there a story, or at least I would ask you to tell a story that kind of sums up, uh, sums up your heart, one that kind of just sticks in your mind of, uh, of your work with Casas thus far? Not just because I'm at Troy, but Andrea and I got to lead a build um, with a team called Team Rebecca Rennick. They came during our building internship. Um, This was in memory of a young girl who lost her life earlier that year or the year before, but it was organized by her parents because they had been coming on CASAS trips. And so Rebecca's parents, her brothers, and a whole bunch of their friends came down to build 
um, a house with us that summer, and we the family we were building for was amazing. The husband only spoke Spanish, but the wife had been in America for two years and spoke really good English, and she was also pregnant and expecting their first child. So that was a really cool experience for us because we were able to connect with them really well, one, because of she, she spoke English, but also their heart for us and for the work we're doing and for God was amazing. They were feeding us more food than we could eat during the day. They wanted to talk and get to know us. Andrew and I have both stayed in contact with them and their family since we came back, which has been really cool and got to meet up with them. Um, But one thing that made that build super memorable was that um, on the day of dedication, it's a, for those of you guys who have been, it's a super emotional day anyway because you're dedicating the house not only to the family but reminding them of like where it's coming from, why we're doing all of this. So we went in to show the parents and um, Juan's, Juan's mother. We showed all of them the house. We walked in, and during the process, we had put like pictures and quotes and sayings from Rebecca like up on the studs of the walls. So whenever we walked in, we had been looking at those things. And the family decided to tell Rebecca's parents that they were naming their daughter after Rebecca Um, because she was born, she was going to be born like a month later. So that's one of those things that you don't necessarily get to see with every house, but it was super impactful and stuck with us because of how much an impact not only we were making in their lives by building them this house, but what they had done for the family because this was super meaningful to them since their daughter wasn't able to be there with them. So that's definitely one story that stuck with me. Okay, cool. Well, Kate, I appreciate you uh, and your dad driving up from Centralia, Missouri, uh, to be with us uh, today, and uh, I, I've got some good news. Uh, I'm actually going to preach after this, so that's bad news, but good news is it's going to be the shortest sermon that I've ever preached, <laughs> but before I do that, would you guys just join me in prayer as we pray for Kayla and her ministry? Father, we thank you for, for Kayla, uh, what she's meant to uh, us here at Troy the last couple of years, and um, and the work that she's done for us and, and partnered with us. And Father, now we just pray for her as she embarks on this new uh, adventure in her life, one that really is a total step of faith as she steps out and trusts you financially and trusts you uh, emotionally and spiritually uh, into a new endeavor. So Father, we pray a blessing on her as she starts with CASAs full-time soon. Lord, I, we just pray that you would place that on people's hearts that that can uh, and are touched to to for, uh, support her financially, not not just here at Troy, but uh, other individuals that she's come in contact contact with, other teams that she's worked with, uh, and and Lord, as she's trusting you, Lord, just deliver in a big way uh, that is a blessing to her. Again, we just pray, Lord, as you send her into your field, that you bless her in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Miss Kayla. Like I said, today I'm going to preach the shortest sermon I've I've ever preached. We've been on a series. Uh, what can I be? So, so the the phrase today of what I can be, and it's just, like I said, it's just going to be real simple thought is be the change. Be the change. Uh, in in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus. I'm not used to holding a mic and trying to do things at the same time. Gospel of Matthew, chapter five. Jesus. Uh, we're told he's out on a hillside uh, preaching, and uh, what we know is the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most famous uh, uh, sections of Scripture. Jesus uh, teaches people there, and and in the crowd, there really was all all types of people, but but mostly, if you take the inner group, it was his disciples, which we know from 
past studies were, were uh, fishermen and tax collectors and 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 uh, different types. They 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 were kind of ordinary guys that Jesus had called. Uh, and in the crowd would have been would have been more ordinary people. It, it would have been fishermen from the sea that that earned their living on the Sea of Galilee. That there would have been some farmers that were scratching out a living uh, in the the hills around the Sea of Galilee, and and so it's just common folk. Now on the edges there might have been some religious types, but but mostly it was just common folks that were struggling with life. Uh, and and this is what he said to them in chapter five, uh, starting with verse fourteen, and I'll read through sixteen. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Be the change. That's kind of what Jesus was saying there when he told us to, to let our good works or let our good deeds be such that others could see them he's he's telling us and and more importantly he was telling the people that day those on the hillside including as close as 12 probably had no idea that they could be the change that they could make a difference that they could ever do anything that someone would praise god for Uh, that's, that's just the reality of their lives and yet jesus called them to be the change now now sometimes when we think about being the change we think of people like caleb uh, people that have signed up to do something extraordinary, uh, to be a missionary or, or, or to go into some type of ministry or lead in that way. We, we tend to, we tend to look at someone like her and, and say, well, she's being the change. That's obvious. That's easy. She's, she's moving from, from home and she's stepping out on faith and she's going to be building houses and working with a nonprofit. Well, that's being the change. Wow. But I, I can't do that. I can't be the change. But Jesus, in essence, was telling all those people on that hillside that was listening that day, all those common folk, and and I, I would suggest we might be common here today, but I would suggest that those were even more common uh, folk on, on the hillside that day. He was telling them, you guys can be the change. Now, the reality is most of them, now a few of them were going to do great things. Peter, the 12 were going to, going to step out and, and do amazing things, obviously. Peter was going to be kind of the head of the church starting off, and they were going to do amazing stuff. But most people on that hillside were just going to go back to their fishing boats and back to their uh, their farms and really do nothing amazing. But Jesus said, you can still be the change. So so let me challenge you here this morning to be the change. Not uh, Now, if God calls you to, to work with Casas per Cristo or God calls you to to some other ministry or some other grand work, then for all for all means, say yes to that, uh, in, indeed. But but I think sometimes we we lose the realization that God calls us to little things as well. Uh, when we show humanity to someone that needs that, when when we treat someone that's struggling with compassion and care, when we notice someone that everyone else is bypassing. We're really being just like Jesus, and in doing that, we're being the change. Uh, I had a good friend. He passed away a couple of years ago, named uh, named Jerry. Now his his given name was Thomas Jerry Thomas. His dad's name was Thomas Fitton Thomas. They loved Thomas, I guess. But 
But Jerry was a, a good friend of mine. And, and I remember he, he attended church at Rustville when I was pastoring there. And, and I remember sitting in a Sunday school class with Jerry one day. And I don't know what the topic was. Maybe we were talking about studying a book on family or parenting. I, I don't really remember what it was. But, but somehow the topic came up and we began to talk about your relationship with your, your parents or how to be a parent. And, and I remember Jerry telling this story, uh, about his dad. Now his dad was a great guy and he, he said that his dad taught him an awful lot, taught him the, the value of hard work and, but, but he also said his dad was, was tough. His, his dad was hard on him growing up and, and, and he said, although I know my dad loved me or loves me at that time, his dad was still alive. Even though I know my dad loves me, he, he never says that. Even, even though I know he's proud of me, he never verbalizes that to me. And I remember Jerry saying this. He said, I decided I was going to be different. I was going to be different. I was going to make a change. And, and so he told then about his two uh, children, how he uh, didn't let a day go by, uh, at least when they were with him. Uh, later on, as they and at this time, actually, they had they were grown or or in college, and and every time he talked to him, he said, I, "I don't end a conversation without saying I love you," and I take advantage of every chance I get to say I'm proud of you, and. And really it was what Jerry was, was saying that he had decided in a small way that he was going to change a whole dynamic. And he knew that, that his kids would be changed. He knew that his kids would be just like him in making sure their kids, his grandchildren knew how loved and special they were by simply doing what they could do. So, so here's my challenge to you. Here's what I, I want to leave with you. We are called to be the change, but we're called to be the change where we're called to be the change. So I don't know where your call is. Maybe it's, maybe it's tomorrow when you your, your report to work, or maybe it's walking into a Walmart and you, you notice someone and say hi to them. Maybe it's, maybe it's in your family. I, I have no idea where your call to be the changes. Maybe maybe your call is to uh, pack up and move to El Paso. I have no idea what your call might be. But wherever your call to be the change is, that's where you're called to be the change. Uh, would you stand? Worship team, if you'd come up while I pray, and then we'll close our service. Father, we thank you this morning uh, for Kayla, for the testimony of her life, for her trust, in you and Father, we just we just pray a blessing on her, and Father, we pray that we we've learned today a, a simple message that that we can be a change. What, what what can I be? What can I be? We've talked about several things already this this month. Well, I can be the change if I just reach out and touch someone where I am, where you called me, where you've placed on my heart. Father, help us leave this place empowered to be the change. In Jesus' name, amen.